deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins, and with me as always is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is Season 2, Episode 4, and we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I've noticed something, and I think it's kind of on purpose, and maybe our listeners listeners have noticed as well, but the episodes have gotten a little bit shorter, especially during the Advent season. Yep. Is there a particular reason for that? Yes, it's on purpose, and it's because we've been bringing in special music um, on these Sundays. We've had a jazz guitar quartet uh, that came in and played Christmas music a couple of weeks ago, um, and our little kids' uh, children's choir sang some songs. Uh, last week, we had a clarinet quintet perform. Uh, this week, it will be... Uh, a violin quartet uh, doing some special music. Uh, We had our wives, your wife and my wife, uh, perform a duet in Latin uh, on the first Sunday. Um, So adding all this extra music and and, uh, we have the Advent wreath. We talked about lighting the Advent wreath and the colors and the candles and all. That adds a little extra time to the service. So so I've been cutting the uh, texts a little bit shorter, taking smaller bites and deliberately keeping the sermons a little bit shorter so that we still are respectful of people's time. Right, you can't go over an hour. Not in a Methodist church anyway, right? People are shaking hands and, hey, the Cowboys are playing. You better get moving. The IT guy cuts off your mic and gives you a big hand across his throat, and it's over, baby. That's right. Let's pull the plug. Mute all. We're out of here, buddy. Yeah, all the uh, the extra music and movement is post-challenges for me. But so far, and I want that to come through. So far, so good. If you've never watched our live stream or the uh, the video recording, uh, Ken runs not only the sound for what's going on in the sanctuary and the camera that's uh, w- moving back and forth to cover what's going on in the sanctuary. We also run slides up on a screen, and he's got to keep those sequenced in and run the live stream sound, which is entirely different from what you hear in the sanctuary. So Ken is a busy buddy on uh, on Sunday mornings trying to keep all that straight. And now that we've added a quartet over here and a band over there and a pianist over here, and then occasionally the pastor stands up and talks from the pulpit and... <laughs> and kids' choirs in the middle. And, yeah, yeah. And plus moving down to get to the Advent candle. Right. So. The Advent candles are down on the floor, so... <laughs> it's a bit challenging, but so far so good, seriously. You've done amazing. I've done good enough. I've met the bare standards. <laughs> All right. Um, Now, another topic is that because next week is Christmas, that falls on a Saturday, right? Christmas is the 25th. Right. Sunday the the 26th, the day after Christmas, which is probably one of the least attended services in history in the whole year. The least attended service uh, in the year. Only followed by the day after Easter, right? Which is slightly (laughs) better attended, but. And so we're not planning to do a, a whole lot of – well, you, you're not planning to do a sermon that week. No, I'm not going to, to have a sermon. I'm going to do something that uh, we try to do once a year called Ask the Pastor. You mean Stump the Chump. That's the real name. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I open up then for 20, 25 minutes of uh, I'll take any question uh, that people have. 
Who would cross the bridge of death must answer me these questions three. Yeah, the other side, he sees. If they've got a question about the Bible, uh, I'll do my best. Uh, if they want to talk about finances at our church, we'll dig into that. If they want to know about the larger United Methodist Church and some of the rules and reasons, I've got answers for that. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for the variables and planks constant, I'm not your guy. That's I can't help you with that. But if you've got anything <laughs> church-related... Um, I try really hard on that day then to just take – and I don't get to see the questions or have them fed to me ahead of time. It's it's uh, all impromptu. <laughs> what is your name? It is Arthur, King of the Britons. What is your quest? To seek the Holy Grail. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? What do you mean? African or European swallow? Um, okay, so that means that we won't – you won't have done preparation for a section of the Bible. And so that kind of leaves us open to maybe not having a topic for that week. And so we can maybe come up with an idea or if our listeners have an idea, we'd love to hear it. Sure. Um, you know, or if you want to submit your questions to us, we can even use those in the actual service themselves. If you submit a question to us. Um, but right now I'm not sure what we're going to do. If anything, we may just skip a week, may take a week off. Although this is fun. We'll be back the week after that. <laughs> We're going right. to talk about the Magi. Maybe we'll do a greatest hits from the <laughs> all the stupid things I insert into the podcast. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and jump into this week's ser- – or not sermon, but this week's episode. We continue our walk through the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, And what chapter and verses are we going to be covering this week? Tonight, we're going to finish chapter 2, verses 19 through 23, and and I'm back to using the New Living Translation, NLT, tonight. No more skipping for you. And and pretty much whatever you read tonight is going to be really close to this. Okay. Uh, When we left Jesus last week, he had fled to Egypt because of the slaughter of the innocents in Bethlehem. Uh, So starting tonight in verse 19, when Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said, take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel and with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. Amen. So we need two things. We need a map (laughs) to keep track of all these areas of Israel. And we might need a family tree diagram to keep track of Herod and his sons. Yeah, it gets a little bit confusing. So, um, and again, Joseph has angels come into his dream again twice <laughs> in this little section. The poor guy. I said it last week. He can't get a good night's sleep because all the angels come <laughs> in and tell him what to do. Get up, go back, but don't go there. Right. right? right. <laughs> Actually, they don't tell him not to go back there. He kind of makes that decision on his own. I, I'm struck that when the angel first uh, speaks to him, he just says, okay, go back to Israel. Uh Dealer's choice. Go wherever you want to. Uh, and then it reveals to us, 
But when he found out that Archelaus, Herod's son, was in Jerusalem, like, eh, don't want to do that. Don't want to go back to Bethlehem because that's only five miles from Jerusalem, and we don't need to stir up all of that again. Right. So obviously now Egypt is in the south, south of Israel. Right, south and west. And Israel is kind of the big region. It's kind of close to modern-day Israel today. Yep. Um, now there's Judea, Galilee, and Nazareth. Where are the we, we, like I said, we have a map here on the wall in the room, but that's not going to help you on the podcast. So, kind of give me a, an idea of what Judea is. Sure. Um, after King Solomon dies, uh, there's a civil war in Israel to see who's going to be the next king, and uh, the country gets split north and south, and uh, before it finally settles itself down. Uh, in the south, where the city of Jerusalem was, which is where the temple is, Solomon had just built this fabulous temple. Um, in, in the south, that's almost exclusively the territory of the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Benjamin is down there as well, but it's primarily Judah. Judah got the most land of any single tribe. Uh, and then just north of Jerusalem is the city of Bethel. And that was kind of the dividing line. Uh, everything from Bethel south is going to be uh, belong to Judah. Everything from Bethel north is going to keep the name Israel. Um, that Judah, and that's, by the way, where we get the word Jew from, is from residents of Judah are Jews. Judah eventually transliterates into Judea. And right. so that same geographic area is, is what we know of today as Judea. And eventually, the northern tribes build their capital in Samaria. And so instead of calling that Israel anymore, it's called Samaria. And Samaria is where Samaritans come from. Right. Galilee is in the far north end then of uh, Samaria. Uh, by the time we get to Jesus, it's all been combined back into one country, but there's still really bad blood between the north and the south. And the extreme north, the, the state almost, if you will, of Galilee, uh, that's just too close to all the Gentile and pagan countries. And so that's, a, that's sort of a dumping ground for people that aren't really good Jews. You dump them up in Galilee. In fact, it was called Galilee of the Gentiles. And so we throw them up there. And right in the middle of Galilee of the Gentiles is a tiny little town with only about 500 people called Nazareth. Okay. So it's – they go north. Yes. Very north. Way north. north as, within as, almost as far north as you can go and still be in Israel. Okay. That helps, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he takes off. He goes up to the north. Because he finds out that Herod's son, because Herod just died and he's going back, Herod's son Archelaus, hopefully yes. I pronounced that right, yeah, Archelaus um, has now taken over the king, if you will, the, the Roman king of the land of Israel. Yeah. And he's not a very nice guy either, like father, like son, right? Right. <laughs> After Herod dies, Israel's broken into four different uh, tetrarchies. And or three different tetrarchies, and one of Herod's sons get each of the three. Uh, and so all these guys, their names actually are Herod first. The the guy in Jerusalem who gets the juicy one is Herod Archelaus. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it's uh, Herod Antipater that goes up to the north to where Galilee is. And 
Uh, and, and there's another Herod, Herod Philip, I believe, gets whatever's left over. Uh, but Herod Archelaus gets the juicy one. He gets Jerusalem, where the temple is and where all the money is. Right. And he's not a very good guy. He's a bad individual. He has all of his father's defects and none of his father's <laughs> positive attributes. He's not a good statesman. He's he's not a good politician. He's just a really horrible human being. He's barely been in office uh, when Passover comes along. And um, Passover celebrates leaving Egypt and coming to Israel, Moses bringing us out of Egypt. And it also kind of celebrates that during the crossing of the Red Sea, Pharaoh's army got destroyed right. and, and we wiped out Egypt's power. So at Passover every year, young radicals get kind of fired up patriotically of, you know, it happened once, we did it to Egypt. Um, maybe we could do it to whoever's in control now. And so one day outside the temple, uh, a bunch of protesters start protesting against Herod Archelaus because uh, he's he's a pretender to the throne just like his father was. And, and he's, he's Roman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and these guys want a real solid Jew to be the king. And so they start protesting. Well, Herod Archelaus, instead of just you know sending a few policemen and saying, break it up, break it up, nothing to see here, move along, he sends a thousand soldiers uh, and a captain on horseback. To his surprise, uh, all the locals pick up rocks and beat off the uh, the soldiers and drive them right. back away, which really fires them up. And more people come and join the protest, and it gets really big, and it's, it, it's nonviolent until – Archelaus sent some soldiers. Uh, it's mostly just a lot of shouting and screaming. Well, it makes Archelaus mad, so he literally sends in the cavalry. He sends in a thousand guys on horseback, and they slaughter wow. the protesters. Uh, Three thousand men dead in the streets. We don't know how many women or children because they didn't count right. them. They were of of no value. Um, and then he refuses to let their bodies be taken away for burial. They will stay in the streets for the rest of Passover, wow. their bodies to rot. So right off the bat, Archelaus establishes himself as just a horrible individual and a really bad leader. So it's not a surprise that that Joseph says, eh, I don't want to be real close to that. I don't want to be mixed up with that. Let's, let's get farther away from Jerusalem. Okay, so why Galilee? Galilee gets him real far away, and... Um, it's uh, two two good reasons to get up there. Again, nobody's looking for the Messiah in Galilee. All right? Could anything good come out of Galilee? Can any exactly? <laughs> can anything good come out out of Nazareth? So um, so nobody's going to be hunting down his kid in Galilee. Jesus can stay under the radar and and fly low. Um, but the other reason is Nazareth is where Joseph and Mary are originally from, and property remained in your family forever. So he had to start over financially when he moved to Bethlehem and stayed there. He had to start over financially again in Egypt. When he's looking for places to go, if he goes back to Nazareth, even if his father is dead, and by this point he probably is, he's got land there. He's got a house there. He's got assets and and he can get his business back up and running so financially it just makes really good sense to go home 
Right. And that way he's got kind of a, at least a little bit easier startup from yeah, that point yeah. rather than um, He's still got a night. trashed reputation. There's only 500 people in Nazareth. So they're all going to remember, oh, you're the old guy who got the young girl pregnant and had to run away. <laughs> so his, his reputation is still going to be trashed. But at least he's got, he's not starting over from zero. And he's not living in the street because he might have a house. Yeah, so, yeah. Good plan, I guess. And so then in at the end of this, in verse 23, Matthew says, So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth, which is talked about. This fulfilled the, what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. Right. What prophecy is that? There I find is no prophecy. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't find one. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't match anything that we find in the Old Testament. Um, there are some really good prophecies Matthew could have used um, that would have been just outstanding to put in there at this time. Uh, Isaiah 9.1, you know, uh, Galilee of the Gentiles will see a light and the glory of God will come from there. Oh, that would have been a great one for yeah, him to use. It kind of fits, yeah. And instead he picks one that's that. We have no match for it anywhere in the Bible. Uh, and so we've come up with five possible explanations for what's going on here. Uh, explanation number one, Matthew's just – he skipped Bible study and he just doesn't <laughs> know what he's doing. He's a Bible idiot. Last week, he had the the pro- two prophecies about uh, Rachel's children and about coming from Egypt – and they really didn't have direct reference to what he was quoting them to uh, about Jesus being in Egypt. Uh, and so now we've got another one like, Matthew, clearly you don't get the Bible. You should just stop quoting. Right. All right that's, that's explanation number one. Matthew's a bad Bible guy. Uh, explanation number two is that he's confused two words, Nazarene and Nazarite. A Nazarene is somebody who comes from Nazareth. A Nazarite is someone who takes a special vow and dedicates their life to the service of God. Samson was a Nazarite. Um, John the Baptist's parents kind of raise him as a Nazarite, so he'll be dedicated specially to God. And so there's some people that think he was trying to say Jesus is a Nazarite. He just got it wrong because Jesus would meet most of the qualifications. Right. Um, Explanation number three uh, is a little harder to follow. At that time in history, wordplay was considered really uh, high-level, high-technical writing uh, in the Jewish communities. If you could use two words that sounded alike um, and use, use, inter- interuse them, that was considered really being a sharp, savvy, intellectual writer. And so some people try to give Matthew credit for that. Uh, let me read you Isaiah 11.1. 1. It says, Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. It is a prophecy about the Messiah, that the mm-hmm. Messiah is going to uh, show up in a new and unexpected way uh, and be the Messiah, but he's still of David's lineage. Well, in Hebrew, the word branch that Isaiah uses there is nezer. And so by calling Jesus, uh, saying uh, uh, fulfills the prophecy, he's a nezerine, he might be trying to say in wordplay, he is the branch. He's he, the nezer, right? Yeah, he's the nezer. So, and so some people say, well, that's what Na- Matthew was going for. He, he was actually being really 
high level wordplay. Uh, most of us just didn't get it. He went over our heads. Actually, <laughs> the tax man did right. <laughs> Explanation number four is Nazareth is the butt of all jokes. You know how every every place has some place else they make fun of, right? Um, well, for all of Israel. Uh, it was Galilee, and Nazareth was the worst of of Galilee. They, that's calling somebody a Nazarene was like saying, "Well, he's a bumpkin, or right. he's a, you know a yokel, redneck, a redneck, yeah. yeah, that kind of thing." So, uh, so Matthew might be trying to say Jesus is going to have to fight some really strong stereotypes uh, the, against him academically and intellectually. People are going to assume from the get go that he's he's a moron because he's a Nazarene. The theory number five is the one that that I buy into, uh, and it's it's the least easy to prove. And it says all Old Testament prophecy shows that the Messiah is going to be despised. Isaiah uh, chapters fifty two and fifty three dedicate themselves exclusively to that. That's that, exactly where I jumped when you started saying yeah. that, Isaiah fifty three. Yeah, yeah. That he's you know he was despised he, and broken for our sins. All yeah, those things. Yeah. yeah, all those oppressed. Um, and so by linking Jesus uh, to Nazareth, which is despised, he's tying Jesus to all of the prophecies where the Messiah is is looked down on and, and has doubt cast about him. Hmm. Uh, none of those makes me really happy. No. But, <laughs> no, but <laughs> I guess number five is my best. Okay. <laughs> Does Matthew get any better throughout the book? He does. Oh, good. He does. Uh, from this point on, when Matthew quotes, uh, well, for the most part, he does. There's going to be one laser on, later on um, where he quotes the prophet Isaiah, and we can find that prophecy in Ezekiel. Right. So, <laughs> so God bless his heart. Uh, <laughs> Matthew's going to keep trying. He does get a little better. <laughs> All right. Um I'm not sure what else we can really. Co- we've pretty much covered this whole little section here. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we've got. Although we've got Joseph having more dreams, and as far as Matthew's concerned, this is probably the last time we'll hear about Joseph at all. This is it. Matthew is going to jump us now, uh, basically up to being Jesus, thirty years old, starting in the next verse. All right. So, thanks, Joseph. Thanks for your contributions. <laughs> thanks for taking care of Jesus in his youth. And, uh, a good guy who served the Lord God well, didn't get a lot of credit and, and got a lot of heartache during his life for it. But thank heavens there was a Joseph. Absolutely. So have you given a title to, their, to your sermon yet? Calling this one home, because eventually it, it's been a long journey from where it started with, with Mary getting pregnant and Joseph going, what? But now we're finally back home. Right, they had to run up for a census and then run to Egypt and then now run up north. Yeah. You're right. That's a long trip, especially on camel or uh, on donkey. <laughs> on donkey. Right? Or on foot. Yeah. Okay. So if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be on our website at www.ponderumc.org slash ministries slash sermons. Look for the sermon home, and this will have been delivered on December 19th, 2021. And with that, I think we'll close this episode from the small town of Ponder, where if you don't want the whole town to know about it, you better not do it. Pondered. (laughs) This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. 
Thank you for listening. You can find us at www.ponderumc.org. There, you can watch the live stream of our casual service, listen to replays of this and past sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible. Really?